0: All right, well, now we know what I look like. Let's get this show on the road, because the sooner we start, the sooner I get the hell <laughs> lot of the shed.
1: Oh, oh it's man. warm. Who
0: starts? you do I start, start? All right. You do. You start. All right, I start. Hey, everybody, I'm Kyle Rizdahl. Welcome back to Make Me Smart, where we make the day make sense when we finally get on the air. It is Friday today, the 28th day of July.
1: Whew. It is a toasty 28th day of July. You're going to be seeing me pat my face this whole time because it's hot. Uh, Thank you everyone for joining us for Economics on Tap, our weekly happy hour. The YouTube live stream is up and running, so thank you to everybody who's joining us there. Uh, All the folks in the Fan Run Discord, we appreciate you. So today we've got news, we've got games, but of course, first we have drinks. And today are non-alcoholic drinks. Kai, what are you drinking? Agua.
0: Agua. Agua, agua, not necessarily a frio, but, you know, just agua in my CAIPA <laughs> pla- class. But, you know, I got things to do and also I need to hydrate. And as much as I would like to have a beer, I can't believe I'm saying this. It's almost too hot to have a beer. What I really should be doing is having a bourbon and ginger ale, but I can't because I had too many of those last weekend, number one. And number two, as I said, I have things to do. So, you
1: know. Is there such yeah. a thing as too many bourbons and ginger? Yes, there is. For well, there, sure. <laughs>
0: let me tell you there was last Friday afternoon in Harbor Springs, Michigan. Let me just tell Let me just tell you that. You me, know, last was.
1: last weekend seems Oof. to be have been a, a bit of an overindulgence for yeah. for both of us cuz I was reaffirmed in my belief that yeah. gin is the devil and it will probably mm-hmm. still be another several years before I attempt that again. Um, I hear you. <laughs> but I am having um, a mocktail. It's um, this watermelon jalapeno. I think it's called tapache. It was something, um, it's like a fermented drink, I believe, from Mexico that I have this like zero waste delivery service and they... Were, oh, nice. It looked interesting, so it's tasty. And um, I added some non-alcoholic tequila with it. And I was gonna put a jalapeno as the garnish, but it's already pretty spicy. So instead, I've got this pink amaranth growing in my garden, and it felt very like watermelony. So yeah. you know, it's got yeah. like what? the little pink stems and stuff. And so now what's I'm gonna a, drink what's it. What's a pink well, amaranth? Um, it's like a type of green vegetable. I think you can like you can cook it like spinach or have it in salads and things, and it's just very colorful. Um, And I'm gonna smoke it. I'm gonna smoke it because why not? Why not smoke it? But while I'm while I'm making fire, do you want to look at what everybody else is drinking?
0: Sure, I'll do a quick uh, spin through the YouTube chat here. Please stop the echo, first of all. Daniel Rome says so. We're having some problems there. Megan O'Hare is having a Thai basil watermelon mule. Uh Upside Dawn from Athletic Brewing is a good alcoholic beer. That's true. Nick Monteleone, I've I've tried some non-alcoholic. Some beers. here's the problem.
1: Here in my house,
0: non-alcoholic beer for me, like like on the on the front end, when it first hits your tongue, it's tasty, and then on the back end, it's like wet cardboard, and that kind of just it, literally, it's like a texture thing for me. It's very bizarre. Uh So how goes the smoking?
1: Uh, yeah, let's see. Eh. Let me get my video back up so I can see it there. The smoke is smoking. It's in there. It's All like, right. you know. I mean I haven't smoked anything with ice yet, so I don't know what if that's messing it up, but it's too hot to not have ice. So um oh, I'm yeah, gonna totally. leave that for a minute totally. and then let's right. let's get to some news in the meantime. Why don't you okay. go first?
0: All right. Uh let's see. So there was a thing from uh the journal today. It was of course everywhere, but the journal is the one that I saw. New uh, fuel guidance uh, coming from the Biden administration. Their new rules would mandate 58 miles to the gallon by 2032. And here's why I bring it up. But, you know, I had an item uh, earlier this week about um, EV chargers and the consortium of seven big companies that are going to spend a billion dollars uh, in the aggregate to build new supercharging stations. Uh, but now here is this from NHTSA, the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, on Friday proposed new fuel economy standards for model years 2027 to 2032, regulating how far vehicles in the U.S. must travel on a gallon of gas, 58 miles to the gallon for light duty cars and trucks by 2032. That is, of course, an average. Current average now, by the way, is 49 miles a gallon now required in model 2026. And here's why I bring this up. In order to make that, the The car makers are going to have to sell more EVs, right? Because you get to aggregate Mm -hmm. your whole fleet and then average it out. Right. And so it's the Biden administration, first of all, as I've said on Marketplace many a time, getting the government more involved in the economy. It's not new, right? Fuel standards. But this is the Biden administration cranking it up. And it is another step toward getting us not to burn fossil fuels, which this summer has proved to the entire planet um, that we're killing ourselves. Um, So I think that's, that's a good deal. That's a good deal
1: yeah it's it's interesting there still are a lot of people who do not believe that this climate change is being caused by humans and it's amazing it's, it's amazing astonishing uh, um, amazing. yeah oh boy okay sorry yeah. let me so uh, sorry, I've let me got, let me duck, let me, um,
0: duck in, let me duck into this YouTube chat for for one second yes so Nick Monteleone, uh pointed out that he just moved to Frogtown here in Los Angeles uh, and there's a sandwich here place here called uh, wax paper deli which has a sandwich <laughs> named after me. It's the Kai Rizdal. Here's the beautiful part of that, because I don't know who's running our chat, but uh, somebody responded. Many of us at Marketplace love that sandwich and wax paper. Uh, I can't speak for Kai. The funny part about uh, that wax paper sandwich, it's a tuna salad sandwich. It's supposed to be really good. I really hate tuna salad. That's it. <laughs> I just want to get that out there. Just really want to get out there.
1: That's like anyway. somebody naming a gin cocktail after me just out of spite.
0: Totally. That's right. <laughs> All right. Sorry. One, one more, and then I'll let you get to it. Charles Dahl says in the, in the chat, and this is a really good point, chargers without transmission lines are not going to work well. I am in the utility surveying business, and it takes about 20 years to get a transmission line built. I hear you, Charles. I hear you, but we've got to start someplace. Got to start well, someplace
1: although when i was remember when i was doing those stories about um sort of the shortage of electricians and and how like we need to electrify america but there aren't enough electricians this point kept coming up over and over again they're like congratulations electrify america but if the grid doesn't can't handle it and we don't have the infrastructure for it you can build as many chargers as you want but you're just going to end up with rolling brownouts and blackouts and so you need you do need the transmission lines and the renewable energy in order to make the electrification work, so totally true. Like you can't totally not have one without the other, apparently. Although it seems yep. like we're trying, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, go. Okay. What do you got? Uh, I've got two. Uh, so the first one is supply chains, uh, also slightly related to climate change, also slightly related to war. I I missed this earlier in the week, but India has basically put an export ban on rice, right? Um, Let me get the exact language right. That's why. Top export, this is from Bloomberg. Top exporter India banned a hefty chunk of its rice exports last week, sending prices in Asia to the highest level in more than three years. It's expected that costs are set to surge even further. India's latest move, plus an earlier curb on broken rice, affects 30 to 40% of the nation's total shipments, and restrictions could widen to other categories in the event of uneven rainfall and rising domestic inflation. India is the world's biggest rice exporter, like half of the world relies on rice as a staple uh, for many of their meals. Yeah, and so this is a pretty big deal in terms of the global food supply, layered on top of all of the drama going on in uh, Ukraine with Russia backing out of the grain deal and now bombing ports in Ukraine to stop the shipment of grain. Uh, Russia was meeting with a bunch of African leaders in Russia this week, Basically, promising mm-hmm. them free grain to try to, you know, put some pressure on them to to back them in in their mm-hmm. war. But global grain commodities, it's it's a mess right now. And just as we're, you know, we were all over the show today talking about how inflation is totally. starting to ease up because some of these supply chain um, issues have been easing up. But food prices globally, if those continue to get hammered by climate change, because it's basically a bad harvest in India and and crop failures that are making them restrict some of their rice exports. Mm-hmm. Um, that I mean, I'm reading in Bloomberg, scorching temperatures are rav- ravaging farms from the U.S. to China, and crop harvest, fruit production, and dairy output are all coming under pressure in North America. Extreme heat is baking wheat crops and undermining yields. On top of that is the recent arrival arrival of El Nino that may cause further damage to agriculture. So some Indonesian rice farmers are planting corn and other crops that require less water, but global food su- pr- supplies are at risk for a bunch of reasons right now, and that's likely to continue to show up in inflation as we uh, try to claw our way out of this. So
0: right, that, right.
1: I, and I I can't believe I missed that earlier in the week, that's a big one. Um, but yeah, India, rice exports.
0: Yeah, totally.
1: My other story is, it's, it's a bummer. Um, and it's not that the other one wasn't a bummer, but this is a different kind of bummer, because <laughs> why not ruin everybody's day on a Friday? Um, there's in one nice. of the Politico newsletters <laughs> this morning uh, was a story about uh, Senator Tammy Duckworth. And apparently and the Duckworth household, Barbie is a thing. And they were all super excited to see the Barbie movie. Uh, with So she was going, she so this is a quote from Duckworth. I have a five-year-old and an eight-year-old. We have three Barbie dream houses, including one I set up, all 900 pieces. So we were super excited for the movie. And this is from the political piece. As she does wherever she goes, Duckworth checked to make sure the theater was wheelchair wheelchair accessible. It was, but when they arrived after buying their tickets, Duckworth learned the elevator to the theater was broken. There was no way for Uh. her to get to the show. Duckworth, a former Army Uh, Black Hawk helicopter pilot who lost her legs in combat, was frustrated there had been no signage explaining the problem. There was little support offered from the theater staff about the situation. Duckworth sent her daughters and friends up to the show while she waited outside for them to return. Oh, that's terrible. That is awful. And it's such, it's so emblematic of the, you know, the encounters that so many people with disabilities encounter all the time where... The rules are in place. You know, the Americans with Disabilities Act requires access, and people will, you know, have it performatively, but not maintain it or not actually make it easy or make people feel badly if they force somebody to enforce it. And then you end up with situations like this. And that was devastating and shame on them, to be honest. Um, so that Absolutely. was
0: that. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I nothing was to add nothing to add.
1: Yeah. All right, now, we really got to cheer things up. Uh, That's it for the news. We are going to take a quick break so we can all go cry in the corner, I guess. Uh, But when we come back, it will be uplifting and fun because Drew Jostad is going to join us for a round of Half Full, Half Empty. And so we are going to be right back. Talking to your backseat babies about money can be so hard. In fact,
0: All right. Half full, half empty is the the game. game Drew Jostad is in charge. Oh, there you go. Take a sip. There you go. Uh, So Drew gives us topics. Mm -hmm. we let you know where we
2: stand. Drew, uh, let's go. Are you half full or half empty on decentralized social media networks? Huh. So I think that was a story on
0: tech this morning.
2: Mm. I think...
0: So uh, decentralized social about, media yeah, networks you, yes, being the mas- the
1: you. Mastodons of the world right. of, right. you know, basically alternatives to the Facebooks and the Twitter. So rather than being controlled by one big company, controlled by lots of different people in lots of different places. Um, I've been on Mastodon for a while now. Um, it's fine. And I am in favor. I'm half full on decentralized social networks. I'm half empty on these networks, replacing what they want to replace. I don't think they're gonna be another Twitter right. or be another Facebook or all these other things. I think they're gonna be something different. And I I don't know what that different is yet, but they're cool for now.
0: Right, right. Uh, that's exactly right, exactly what Kimberly said. I don't think they're gonna replace what they're trying to replace. And, and maybe nothing will, and we'll have to figure out something else because tough weenie beanies, you know? Mm-hmm. All right, Drew,
2: number two. Okay, are you half full or half empty on fully electric regional flights?
0: Oh, so Stephanie Hughes did this one for us yesterday. Uh, there's a new airline that went public yesterday, did not do so well, actually, in its direct IPO, which is a whole different kind of conversation. But uh, turns out most of the trips uh, from, five, from 50 to 500 miles in this economy happen by car. In Europe, I imagine they happen by plane. But this company is starting up. It's called Surf Air Mobility. Uh, and they want to use battery-powered planes to do a lot of these short regional hops. And if it gets cars off the road and is arguably faster and can be demonstrated to be safe, yes, I'm all in favor. Totally full. Totally full.
1: Yeah. I'm going to go all the way full on that one because, um, you know, as we said earlier, we need all the help we can get. So full.
0: That's right. That, it's very crunchy, that thing you're eating.
1: Oh, sorry. I didn't realize that I was going <laughs> <laughs> so to. Right. It's, it's all good. It's all good. It's like chewing it's with my good. mouth open. Sorry. Is that the amaranth? It's all
0: good. Yeah, <laughs> yes, it's the, it is. It yeah.
1: is. It's the amaranth. Yeah. It's so pretty. Look at the color. Can you see how pink it is?
0: Yeah. No, you're no, totally good. Oh. Totally good.
1: Okay,
2: cool. Okay, are you half full or half empty on a NASA streaming service for launch coverage and space documentaries?
0: Well, of course I'm full. Did you see that today? (laughs) I did not actually. I missed it. What's the story?
1: So basically, NASA's launching its own streaming service with extra—how do they put um, it—non-sci-fi space content. (laughs) And it's—I posted a story about it in our in our Slack channel about, and The Verge wrote it up. And it just looks cool and it's free and it's supposed to be family friendly. So I given that streaming services are becoming more expensive and the whole password thing, like, yes, give the people yeah. all the space for free. Totally. Yes.
2: Totally. Absolutely. All right, this is the last one.
1: <laughs> Sorry, Sarah Schlosser says, like C SPAN? Oh well. Yes. Well, like C SPAN yeah, for space. <laughs> <Fine>. <laughs> okay. All right, last one. So this means that everybody in the YouTube chat gets to play along, so everybody get ready to vote. And we are going to vamp and not answer right away because this gives me more time to have my mocktail. So go for it, Drew.
2: Okay, there was a congressional hearing on Wednesday into unidentified anomalous phenomena. Yep. Unidentified aerial
1: phenomenon.
2: Right. Oh, okay. (laughs) Okay. Um, I guess the question is, are you half full or half empty on aliens? Okay. I have thoughts.
1: Hmm. Can you share your thoughts without tipping your hat?
2: Uh,
0: Oh, God. Yeah, I forgot this was a poll. Yes, I Hmm. I have one thought that I will share without tipping my hat Uh, Hmm. or hand. Does one tip one's hand or hat? I don't know. Anyway, so. I mean, you're not wearing uh, a hat, so. Okay, fair. Uh, This whole UAP thing, unidentified aerial phenomenon, I refuse to use that. I think it's just bogus, cliche horse poop. They're UFOs. They're unidentified, and they're flying, and they're objects. And can we just please, not for the sake of, I don't know, stupidity, pick a new acronym just because? Also, hey, all you kids, get off my lawn. (laughs)
1: So I actually think there's a reason, a reasonable explanation <laughs> for UFOs uh, for calling them unidentified aerial phenomenon because phenomena. Uh, oh, my gosh. Every time I say that, I think about LL Cool J song like I can't get it out of my head. But anyway, well, you know, you know, when says, you don't
0: think of that, you, you know, when you don't think of that is when you call them UFOs.
1: Fair. But the, you know, in the various reports about this, they've also said that sometimes what people think are UFOs are like tricks of light or gases and light reflecting off of different things in the atmosphere, creating visual disturbances, right? Now, assuming they're not lying and trying to, you know, hide the real aliens, um, that is a phenomena in the air, aerial phenomena. That's not a flying object.
0: I, I think that's a mighty thin read, but okay.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Anywho. All right, we're going to wait Max 15 well the more seconds. Maxwell like in the chat is like, aliens get off yeah.
1: my lawn. <laughs> that's Well, there you go. That's
0: right. There you go. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Bogus cliche horse poop. Yeah, that's going to be my new uh, my new podcast name. All right. Uh, all right, so let's call it. Let's figure out how to close this poll because I can never figure out how to do that or somebody's going to have to slack me. Us, I suppose
1: just One takes a second to be patient.
0: I know, I know, I know. Man, I'm hungry. Can you hear my stomach burbling?
1: Oh, uh, wait. Sorry, okay. before we do this. Ramplo says the acronym was changed in December to anomalous. So maybe, Drew, you were right and I was wrong. Because it used to be unidentified aerial phenomenon. But now, if it is anomalous, then that's new. I think the, new, the, the article
2: said it accounts for any phenomena that are maybe in the ocean as well as in the air. I don't know.
1: Ah. you could have told and me I are not was wrong. I would I have accepted fly. it.
2: No, I, it, <laughs> I think it goes both ways. I don't, I didn't want to argue with you about it. <laughs> All right. So.
1: All right. Oh poll results. Word.
0: Yes, aliens, half
1: full, sixty-one percent; half empty, thirty-eight percent. With a total of hundred and thirty-six votes. Kai, are you half full or half empty on aliens?
0: I'm half empty, but not to not to pile onto our our YouTube uh, commenting audience here. But we had one hundred thirty-six votes with two hundred sixty-eight people on this chat. What are you people doing? <laughs> um, anyway, so uh, here's here here's my thought. I absolutely believe uh that the american government has had contact of some form whether it's visual or instrumental or other data with uh, unexplained uh aerial phenomena okay um they might be aliens we don't know what they are uh i firmly believe also that we are not alone in this universe the math just doesn't work out that way right there's too much universe Mm -hmm. and and too few us for us to be alone i will Mm -hmm. say however that the news from this week about that congressional hearing, in which this this uh, guy—and I—I don't remember whether he's a, a former military or an investigator or what he is—said uh, he knows personally of uh, non-human biologics that have been recovered. I I I do kind of doubt that. <laughs>
2: um, I also Former Air agree Force intelligence.
0: Is... Former ah. Air Force intelligence guy. Well, there you go.
1: Wonder why he's former. Um, yeah. <laughs> I also think that the math, especially after our Tuesday show is just sure, not sure totally possible right. that we are the only life forms in all of that and what would they say in right. the movie it would be a waste of space um, right 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 movie? right exactly yeah exactly um, but it was was that contact the movie where they said that I can't remember maybe God Anyways. I have to
0: watch that movie again. somebody
1: will t- somebody will tell us um, but I think, That yes, there are other life forms out there for sure, I would not be at all surprised if they've pinged us in some way, whether we recognized Mm -hmm. it or not. I can also fully imagine, like, because I'm all into my sci-fi stuff, an advanced, um, a more advanced uh, entity or civilization than us. Oh, yeah. Seeing Earth, having a look around and being like, absolutely not. Keep it moving. Let them, <laughs> let them, let them do what they're doing and leave them <sighs> off. We don't need this. This is not gonna contribute yeah. helpfully yeah. to the universe. I mean, yeah. so hard pass. That would that's suck. Um, but yeah, funny. that that's where I am. And everyone says, yes, it's from contact, it's a Jodie Foster quote. So there you go. <laughs> and uh there yes. You go. All right. right. That is that's what we have. That's it. Thank that's you, everybody, got. for playing.
0: Except for the except for the 130 of you who didn't play along. Hello. Sorry. All right. We're done. Yeah. Rude. We're just gonna yell at me, or Marissa's gonna yell at me. Back next week. In the meantime, if you haven't answered the Make Me Smart question, please do. Would you? What is something you thought you knew but later found out you were wrong about? You can do the voicemail thing at 508-U-B-S-M-A-R-T. And, uh, you know, maybe we'll put you on the pod. Maybe. Jake. There we go. (laughs) Jake was leaving us hanging, man. Wait, Bailey Moore says it's a Carl Sagan quote.
1: Oh, no, I'm. I, I, oh, okay. Anyway, I'll let you all fight that out. Uh, Make Me Smart is produced by Courtney Bergseeker. Today's episode was engineered by Jake Cherry. Our intern is Neela Farshabandi. Drew Jostad wrote the music for our game show, Half Full, Half Empty.
0: The team behind Half Full, Half Empty is Emily McCune and Antoinette Brock. Marissa Cabrera is our senior producer. Bridget Bodner is the director of podcasts. And Francesca Levy is the executive director of digital and on demand at Marketplace headquarters and its various branch offices because she was not actually at headquarters
1: yeah is anybody All even right. there anymore
0: <laughs> no there's like four people there